Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, Jai Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode number 78, and I'm glad to be back here to talk to all of you. Um, before I get started, two things that I wanted to mention. Number one, gentle reminder, if you haven't had a chance, Check out my interview from last week, episode 77, with David Novu. He is a journalist and executive director uh, with the Record, the newspaper in Portugal. Of course, Record, one of the biggest sports dailies in uh, Portugal. And I had an opportunity to interview David for close to an hour. We talked about Benfica. We talked about Porto. We talked about sporting. We talked about Nuno Mans. We talked about you know fans coming back to stadiums. But what really interested me the most about the interview with him is that we also had a nice conversation um, essentially about um, what's it like to be a journalist in Portugal, especially for, you know, in sports, you know, when, you, when you're covering so much uh, football, so much soccer, you know, what's it like when, uh, you know, where do you get your information from? How do you know the information is true or false? How do you check that information? Um, and he, he basically kind of explained it. Um, you know, he's not going to tell who his sources are. But it was great to listen to, to somebody who's on the inside and listening to somebody that can really talk to the experiences of being a journalist. And uh, it's not an easy job. It's a great job, but it's certainly not a very easy job. So I'm very thankful for David for uh, coming on last week and uh, doing the interview uh, with me. I, um, I had a chance, by the way, earlier today, I was communicating with David because he put out a story that I retweeted And that is that Ryan Gold is going to be going to the United States. Uh, this is a story that's kind of already been out there. Um, you know, it's already been reported by others, but David kind of put it out that it is, it looks like it's going to happen. Ryan Gold, who, if you remember, started at Sporting, was called the Scottish Messi. Bruno Di Carvalho brought him in. It was one of, I believe, one of his first players that he brought in that had a lot of hope. And uh, unfortunately, since then, he's uh, kind of bounced around, but he did do pretty well at Fedence. And now he's going to be going to play in Major League Soccer for Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver, by the way, is uh, the team managed by the Portuguese-Canadian uh, Marcos Santos, which I'm proud to say I had a man as a guest. Uh, I think it was back in late February, early March, when I had Mark on my uh, had Mark here on my podcast. So uh, Ryan Gold looks to be heading to North America to play in Major League Soccer. I think it's a good move for him. I know a lot of people think when you go to play in MLS that it's a step backwards, but I think he could do very well. And I think he could continue to grow his career. I mean, he's still pretty much a, uh, a very young player and this is a really good opportunity uh, for him. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say quickly, I am not in my usual location recording with my same equipment. So you might notice that I might be a little bit off in the audio, might be a little bit dull or too high. Apologies for that. That's what happens when you're not in your usual location. And you might even hear some background noise. Uh, it's not easy finding a place when you're not in your usual location that's uh, quiet. Um, but uh, I think this is going to be okay. So thank you for listening and thank you for your patience. But let's get going with the schedule something that I always start off every uh, episode with. And uh, obviously the big thing this weekend is the Super Cup, uh, Braga Sporting. And I won't spend too much time on it because most of you, when you listen to this, will be after the match is finished. You know, you'll listen to it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of next week, and it would have already passed. But I'll say this very quickly. Um, Sporting's looking to build on their momentum from last year. They're trying to show that last year wasn't a fluke. 
They're trying to show all their young players are capable of doing this again. You got players like Paulinho that really want to show that they can play for a big club. And then you got a player, a manager like Ruben Amarin, who's pretty much going to solidify himself if he has another big year as one of the truly best young rising managers in Europe. Um, and then you got a club like uh, Braga who, um, you know, come into this match with a lot of injuries and they've got some players suspended like Fabio Martins is uh, suspended from the last time he played in Portugal. Um, then you got, you got David Carmo who's also hurt. So Braga goes into this match uh, with, I think, five players that are not available, but uh, they did win the Taça de Portugal. They are trying to make it two trophies in a row. Carlos Curvial has done a great job with uh, Braga. And of course, Braga wants to show that it is Portugal's fourth biggest club. There are going to be people in uh, Guimarães who will disagree saying they're the fourth biggest club. And maybe in terms of size, they are. But I think in terms of what's happened in the last 10 to 15 years with results, I think Braga is clearly the fourth best club in Portugal. And, you know, to be honest with you, if you take Sporting's success last year away, some would even argue that Braga has been the third best club in Portugal the last 10, 15 years behind uh, Porto and uh, Benfica. So the Super Cup is tomorrow and looking forward to that. The only other thing I want to say about the Super Cup, because this doesn't matter when I say it, um, I was looking at the TV and I sort of got some deja vu because I remember this was the case with the Taça de Portugal last summer. I recall this being the case with the Super Cup this past December. And I saw that, I believe two months ago, it was the case with the Taça de Portugal, Bra uh, Braga Benfica. And I know that these events are run by the uh, Federation, but I know there's TV in Portugal, there's TVI, but I don't think there's any TV outside of Portugal. And this has happened already a few times. And Look, it's, it's not easy to sell rights. It's, uh, you know, they're trying to monetize these finals and I get it. But uh, right now there's a lot of people outside of Portugal that can't watch this uh, match. And I think that's uh, pretty disappointing. Um, I've taken the opportunity in these uh, episodes to give my ideas on what they should do in Portugal. And one of the things I suggest, unless you find somebody at the last second internationally to do it, you know, put the game on YouTube outside of Portugal. You know, you won't be able to see it in Portugal, but you could see it outside. Put a bunch of sponsor logos at the bottom. We'll do a scroll at the bottom of the screen with all the uh, sponsors. I'd be very curious to see how many people outside of Portugal on YouTube. I'd be very curious to see the viewing numbers. I think it would be very good among the immigrants, among all those that love Portuguese football. I think there'd be a very healthy number. And I think with the streaming, I think the Federation would find another opportunity to market themselves and make sure that in the future, they either get a TV, and if they don't get a TV, that there's still some money to be made by putting this on YouTube and throw your own sponsors on there. So just an idea. Um, I know in the past, we've been spoiled. Up until a few years ago, RTP International was the one that always showed the Super Cup and the Taça de Portugal final, but uh, RTP doesn't have the rights anymore. So, uh, boy, we had it pretty good all those years when they were showing it because a lot of people abroad have that channel. I know I do. It's one of the channels on my cable. Um, I only pay, um, you know, it's not that expensive either. So um, so this weekend, you've got the Super Cup. You also have the Tasa de Liga, the second preliminary round uh, matches. Um, you have essentially, uh, you know, this round, all the winners from last weekend, plus Pastors de Freire and Gil Vicente. Now, uh, excuse me, Pastors de Freire and Santa Clara. Um, Passos de Freire did play earlier tonight 
Um, they played uh, Jules Vicente and eliminated them. So Passos is already through to the next round. But interesting thing and a great job by the Liga, which runs the Tasa of the Liga. And that is on Saturday, the matches that were going to be played on Saturday, they moved them to Sunday. And here's why, if you haven't heard, and that is that the government of Portugal is allowing fans back at stadiums. And as a result, if you were going to play on Saturday, you wouldn't allow, be allowed to have fans. The, the only exception that was made was for the Super Cup. But by moving those matches from Saturday to Sunday, the first day that the government is allowing fans to have matches, all those teams will get to play, or at least the home teams will get to play in front of uh, fans. So I think that that's a, first of all, congratulations to the league. A great move, um, I think, by uh, doing that. Um, you know, obviously, it's uh, going to be a very busy day of football uh, on uh, Saturday, on Sunday. But the good news is that means that the Super Cup will have the attention to itself all by itself on uh, Saturday. So again, Saturday Super Cup, Sunday will be the second preliminary round matches for the Tasa, the League of the League Cup. And I did mention that Pastors de Freire eliminated Gil Vicente. They kept that match on Friday, uh, today when I'm recording this, because uh, Pastors de Freire next week has to play their first leg of the Europa Conference League qualifier. And as a result, they wanted enough time to be prepared for that match. So that's why they did not change that match and they kept it on Friday. No fans, but at least they get to play. And at least now they have a, probably a good five to six days to get ready to try to qualify uh, for Europe. So again, Super Cup Saturday, Tasa the Liga second preliminary round match is Sunday. And then Wednesday, Benfica, they make the 4,000 kilometer trip to Moscow to play Spartak in the first leg against Spartak Moscow and their Portuguese manager, Rui Vitoria. I spoke in my last episode how important this match is. You already know, a lot of money on the line. Uh, Rui Costa said the other day that they're a big club and they need to be playing in these competitions, not to mention the fact that they need the money. So Wednesday is a very big day with Benfica. It's only the first leg. Of course, you remember last year, there was only one leg because of the, uh, you know, at the time, the pandemic at the time. This year, it's two legs. There is no away goals. Don't forget about that. No away goals rule anymore. Uh, but Benfica wants to go there, and they obviously want to get a, a very positive result. And then next Friday, the Liga B win. Remember, it's not Liga Noz anymore. It's Liga B win, the start of the 2021-22 season. And I know that's a very exciting time for all of us. Sporting and Oroca will get the season started on uh, Friday. Um, and then, of course, you have the rest of the matches on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Benfica, um, if I recall, is uh, playing on Saturday and Porto is playing on Sunday against Bilinich's uh, Saad. Um, interesting, by the way, if you're in North America, specifically the States, our good friend who I've had on this podcast previously, Nino Torres and Gold TV, will once again in the United States be broadcasting the Liga, no the Liga P-Win matches. There I go. I'm making a mistake now. And uh, so looking forward to another year of Nino. Nino, by the way, is so passionate when he does his broadcast. He'll, when he likes something, he says it. When he doesn't like something, he will say it. He brings that personality to the broadcast. So we're all very lucky to have him for another year. But the Liga will be back next week. And I know that's going to excite all of us. I'm very excited. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, of course, having the uh, season get going. And that will be taking place a week from now. Uh, let's get going now and moving on to the uh, clubs. Again, this is going to be a short episode. Um, no guests this week. I am on the road. And unfortunately, I don't have much time to do a very long episode, but I wanted to continue to talk about it. Um, and as I continue this uh, second part of the episode, uh, 
We'll start off first talking about the big four in Portugal. Yes, I'm going to call it the big four. Uh, first off, sporting, um, of course, as you know, my biggest thing with sporting that I want to say about the first part of this upcoming season from here until they start playing Champions League is what I'm very curious to see with sporting is I'm very curious to see how they're going to handle adversity because I know last year they were eliminated early from Europa, so they didn't have to worry about playing in Europe. And I know that once they got to, I think it was like April, they saw their 10-point lead go down to, I think it was like three or four points. So they had a little bit of adversity, but they managed to overcome it. And now that it's a brand new season, everybody starts off at zero points. I'm very curious to see how sporting is going to do this year and how they're going to be, um, you know, uh, how they're going to handle. You know, if they start off slow, um, you know, and now they don't have a 10-point cushion to help them out. You know, they're going to be looking up at one of the teams in front of them. That's the biggest question that I have as sporting. And I'm going to talk about this more next week when I talk in my preview. But that's the thing that really interests me the most about uh, sporting is if they run into some challenges early in the season, I'm very curious to see how they're going to be able uh, to uh, handle it. They are at full strength, like I said, going into the Super Cup. Um, right now, they haven't sold any players. Uh, I know they sold uh, Rogier to uh, Betsikas in Turkis. There's your uh, weekly uh, Turkish news, because there's always Turkish news with uh, Portuguese players or Portuguese uh, or players playing in the uh, Portuguese league. But uh, this month's going to be a big month. Uh, they're going to start playing some, you know, the season. They've got the Super Cup. And what's going to happen with the transfer market? You know, are they going to be able to sell new new men's or is he going to be coming back? So we have to see uh, what happens. Uh, moving on to the team that finished second last year, Porto. Um, one thing that I feel very sorry for Porto fans about, and I was uh, talking to my cousin who was very angry about this, but, uh, you know, Porto, um, their president, as you know, if you hear this podcast uh, every week, has been very loud in criticizing about the fact that the government hasn't allowed fans at matches. And now that they are allowing fans at matches, Porto has a match on Saturday, the day when they're not, still not allowed to have fans. And as a result, they will have their match presentation in their stadium of the Dragon, but there won't be anybody inside because it'll still be an empty stadium. Now, the good news is next week when they host Dylan and Sassad, for the Liga, they, of course, will be allowed fans, and they announced that information today. But um, my cousin was so upset. He was upset that here you have a situation where the club that's been fighting to have the fans the most, you know, in, you know, finally announced that they're going to have fans back in the stadiums, but they say it's going to start on Sunday, and Porto had a match on uh, Saturday. So read to, into that whatever you wish, but uh, that's a very tough break for uh, Porto. Um, for me, I'm not really sure why they picked – Sunday over Saturday. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just picked August the 1st because it's the beginning of a month. But uh, no fans at the Porto matches. Uh, Porto has had a great preseason. Um, as I said last uh, week, they have a lot of free time still. They don't play their first real match until next weekend. So they still have more time to work out any problems and get the team into shape. You know, players like Marchesen and Luis Diaz just came back from national team duty. Corona is still away with Mexico uh, with the Gold Cup. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, Porto is in very good shape. They're still looking to replace Marega. Alfredo Morelos, the striker from Glasgow, apparently, um, well, you don't hear about that anymore. I think two weeks ago, it was news every day. Now you don't hear about it anymore. But 
I have a feeling once we start getting toward the end of August, all these things with Nunu Mans and Morelos and all these other players, Grimaldo has been talked about going, uh, you know, to Italy. I think things will start to pick up because I will tell you this summer, I feel like this summer, the amount of news over transfers or rumors, it just doesn't feel like it's been as busy as other summers. Um, I don't know. It just feels different. I know last year it was really crazy. I think it was with, you know, with uh, last summer, it just seemed busier. Remember all, you know, with all Bruno Fernandez, but um, it just feels like this year, it's just been a little bit quieter. Uh, moving on to last year's third place team, Benfica. You already know the story with the Champions League. Um, Rui Costa did an interview with uh, TVI this week, and uh, it was his first interview with the media as president, a one-on-one interview with during the 8 o'clock news of TVI. And um, he already said how important it is to qualify. He says that a big club like theirs has to be in the Champions League. But he also said that one of the things they have to do, that they have to change is they have to change the fact that right now when people talk about Benfica, it's not good stuff. They're not talking about the team. People are not talking about Wednesday's match at Spartak. I'm sure they will on Tuesday or Wednesday, but there hasn't been a lot of talk about Benfica. It's just really been about this scandal with the red card investigation, this situation where, you know, there's this whole other thing. Um, I think it's kind of a good thing, but I know some people don't like it with the investor that wants to come in and what's going on with that. But uh, Benfica right now, they need the conversation to be about what's going on on the pitch and not what's going on in the tribunals or what's going on in the uh, stock market or whatever. And they get that opportunity to uh, do that this week when they play this very first leg in Moscow. And I had a Benfica fan reach out to me or, or kind of criticize that, you know, even though there hasn't been a lot of moves so far, even in the transfer market, although I know Alfa Semedo is with Guimaraes, um, the fact that there didn't seem to be a lot of other news about Benfica this week. And the truth was, there wasn't a lot of news. There really wasn't a lot of news because all the main news was about the bad stuff about Benfica. And, uh, you know, JJ, most years, JJ usually has a lot to say. He doesn't haven't had a lot to say this year. We really haven't heard him talk that much. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with uh, JJ. On a Tuesday, and maybe we'll hear something that George Juju says that, or JJ says that brings out a lot more news. But again, like with the transfer window, the silly season and JJ, you haven't heard about him that much. You've seen the Coppas where they talk about players that they want. And I know they got the, uh, the player, uh, Matt, the French player. But we haven't heard too much about JJ this year, uh, or at least this summer. And uh, there's a lot of pressure on this team. So it's a very big day on Wednesday, 4,000 kilometer trip to Moscow. And only one thing Benfica needs, and they need to start off with a good result. Uh, one thing, by the way, else about Benfica, William Carvalho was interviewed by Canal Lewins, uh, Channel 11, which is the Federation's uh, channel. And a uh, very interesting thing, they asked him about all the Benfica stories, about him being linked with Benfica. And he said that, you know, right now he's just interested. He's not interested. He's not thinking about going back to Portugal. And I got to tell you, I'm not sure if, I hope William Carvalho does not read social media because there were a lot of Benfica fans that were happy that he's not going to be coming. I know JJ is a big fan of his and thinks he can do a lot of good, but a lot of fans aren't happy with that. And uh, that was like a very big uh, news thing that I found, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty interesting. So hopefully William, like your mustache, but I hope uh, you don't read the uh, comments on uh, social media. Um, I'll end the final part of the teams here, and I'll talk about Braga quickly. I already told you Braga 
has as many as five key players that won't be available for the Super Cup. But let me tell you, they've got a really good team this year. I'll talk more about them next week. They got one of the best managers, I think, in Portugal, Carlos Carvajal. I'm really excited about Braga this year. They signed Gonzalez from Tundela, a striker. And I'll tell you, watch out for Braga this year. Um, I think Braga has a chance this year to finish second or third. And uh, I think there's somebody that we've got to be very careful with. But they go into the Super Cup shorthanded, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, going into my final part now of this episode 78, again, keeping it short as I'm on the road. Um, first off, congratulations to Portuguese basketball player Nimes Keita. Uh, I'm going to go off topic here for a few minutes. Uh, he was the first Portuguese drafted. Uh, by the NBA, by the Sacramento Kings, a terrific accomplishment. I saw him play at uh, some matches on TV when he was playing for Utah State in the United States. Uh, that's a school that plays uh, out west in the United States in the league out there. And let me tell you, he was good. He was really, really good. He could have played for a much bigger team if he decided to uh, transfer, but he stayed and as a result, now he's going to play in the NBA. And, and the only sad thing about him playing at Sacramento is he was playing in Utah, which I think is an eight-hour time difference with Portugal. So I don't think a lot of people got a chance to see him play. Now he's going to play in Sacramento, which is also an eight-hour time difference. So people are going to have to watch a lot of him on uh, tape delay or, you know, when he goes to play on the West Coast. Uh, I'm actually hoping in the future when he comes to the Northeast, uh, to be able to catch him uh, play in person and hopefully he becomes a star that we want. He, by the way, is part of a, a very good under-19 team that Portugal's had the last few years. Uh, it's kind of the basketball's golden generation, so pay attention uh, to that in the uh, next uh, few years. Uh, congratulations to Joris Fonseca. He is, of course, a judo 100-kilogram uh, division. He won the bronze uh, at the uh, Olympics, so congratulations to him. A uh, quick word, as you probably, you know, as I mentioned, the Portuguese government announced that, uh, well, really all sports events as of Saturday would be allowed to have uh, fan. Uh, excuse me, Sunday would be allowed to have fans. And the government this week announcing measures to start to open up. And that is really the uh, good news about uh, what came out of the news. It looks like the cases in Portugal are starting to stabilize. Obviously, the Delta variant is a big concern. It's, it's pretty much a big concern everywhere right now. But it looks like Portugal, uh, the numbers are stable. They're getting stable. They're not increasing. They're not dropping, but they're not getting any worse. And, uh, of course, Portugal, uh, pretty much if I heard correctly, if I read correctly, if they, if they, if, if they vaccinate 85% of the population by October, they're going to allow things to really open up. And I hear they may even allow, you know, 100% at uh, matches. So uh, Portugal working their way. I think they're 58, 59% of Portugal has been vaccinated, something uh, like that. But obviously one of the good news is this week and the Liga was especially the Liga president was very happy about it, Pedro Porenza. And that is, of course, that fans are going to be able to attend matches. Obviously it's limited. We don't know. By the way, it's 33% for the Super Cup. I think it's 33% for the Liga um, and 33% for the Tasa the Liga matches on Sunday. I'm not sure. But uh, the bottom line is, is at least fans will be allowed. I mean, it's been the last time. I mean, you've had some matches where you've had some fans like Santa Clara had some fans um, last year. Obviously, the Celeson last October had some fans. But as far as how many teams are going to have fans, this is really the first time in over a year that fans will be allowed to come back and fans, of course, the players ability to hear this, the fans sing, the fans cheer a goal. That's something that uh, the players 
have missed. And some of them probably forgot. You know, I was listening to an interview where they were saying that, you know, they've played without fans for such a long time that some of them probably don't know what it's like. So it's going to be good to see them go back and play in front of fans. And um, I know a lot of people that are going to Portugal in August. I know they're going to try to catch a game. Again, you have to be fully vaccinated or you have to show a PCR test um, in order to get into one of the games. So pay attention uh, to the rules. Folks, I'm going to wrap up episode 78. Thank you for your patience. Again, not in my usual location and equipment. Hopefully this comes out okay. And uh, looking forward to having a guest next week. And uh, next time I talk to you, Liga B-Win 2021 will be back. Talk to you next week, everybody. Ciao.